Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417-295-0723. Titan Title and Closing of Missouri is ranked as Missouri's top title company for real estate investor transactions. Titan is your local title and investor-friendly experts. Whether you're seeking wholesale or assignments, subject tos, Titan can help you with your transactions. Sam and her team have made it their passion and drive to give investors a learning opportunity to expand their knowledge in order to grow and succeed in their ventures. I personally use them. They're fantastic. Give the experts a call today. 417-882-2100. Hey, Growth Circle listeners, what are you currently doing to generate more leads, sales, and exposure for your business? Hopefully it is digital marketing. If you haven't got started in the digital world, check out our friends at Primate Digital. They offer everything you need to get your business to thrive online, from web development and online advertising to social media management and filming. They work closely with you to understand your unique goals and create a custom plan that will help you achieve them. And to all of our Growth Circle listeners, they are giving $100 off for the first three months. So just go to primate, P-R-I-M-A-T-E dash digital dot com forward slash growth and schedule a free consultation to get started. I personally use them. They're fantastic. Primate Digital. We talk a lot about building wealth using real estate, and that includes having the right mortgage. Tatiana with Movement Mortgage is a local lender who is experienced in new construction, investment properties, and primary home needs as well. With the expedited underwriting of Movement Mortgage and Tatiana's experience, you can be approved in as little as 10 days. Call or email her for your mortgage needs. Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast, discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell. What's up, guys? We've got a very unique episode, and unfortunately, we do not have John Mitchell with us co-hosting, but I do have my great friends, mentors, guests, business partners, the hillbilly millionaire, Hugh Car Carnahan, <laughs> and Dane Logan. That's right! <laughs> now, what, what do we have going on this week, Jake, that's different than normal? So what's different than normal is that we are doing a Missile Mania event, which is basically a mastermind event, real estate event, with some high-speed guys down in a missile base. In right now, invite only. We are sitting in underground in a nuclear bunker right now. 
and we are coming to you live and we got some good stuff planned for you today. So there's going to be a lot of hype, a lot of energy, a lot of, uh, funniness <laughs> because this is supposed to be a high energy episode that we're bringing on super high caliber people. And we're going to hear a little bit about their backgrounds, uh, why they're, uh, so high speed. And, uh, we're going to do a fire round, kick this thing off. Right. Seriously, this is awesome. You know, we appreciate all the guests coming on board and, and, and we are so fortunate that we get uh, such high caliber, high speed people. You know, this was an invite only event. Each one of these guys kills it at the top of their field and we're gonna be doing a mastermind round with them and uh, we'll get started now. In fact, I'm surprised I got invited. That's how high speed this is. Well, so one, one person I, in this, like, I, uh, it, an, a maybe. If you've seen Dinner for Schmucks, I was the schmuck they brought. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for some awesome interviews. All right, guys, welcome to Missile Mania. 2022. <laughs> the Nukem session where we're going to bring on a bunch of investors, quick little 15 to 20 minute segments for them to tell us a little bit of their story, their, their specialty, why they're here at Missile Mania. What's really cool about this podcast episode is this is probably the first podcast episode that I've ever heard of, ever, that I know of that is being done in a missile silo. Oh yeah. So pretty awesome. We're super excited to have Albert and Albert, what's your last name? I forget. Sousa. Sousa, gosh, yeah, okay. Albert right. Sousa, he's <laughs> good looking and he's a stud. So uh, tell us a little bit about your story and then what your expertise is, why you're here at Missile Mania. Cool, yeah. throw you some questions. Absolutely, yeah. I'm probably gonna start where I'm at right now and then we'll work our way backwards. So I'm actually a mortgage broker slash owner. So I have a mortgage brokerage that is still somewhat in its infancy. We're less than two years right now. Um, got into lending in 2017. Um, but I am also into real estate investing and so they kind of go hand in hand. And uh, I'm here to talk a little bit about what uh, I think makes me successful in the lending business, which really bleeds over into the real estate business as well. And number two, um, just, you know, hang out with a bunch of you guys, learn from you guys. I'm really having a good time. But um, as far as my story goes, um, we talked about this a little bit, but um, my upbringing was didn't have a ton of money at a certain point in, in my life. And uh, when I was in, about in high school, my um, mom started a business, which now is doing well, but it was tough in the beginning. And my dad retired from the military at the same time. They weren't planning it that way. But it ended up coming that, uh, you know, it was like, hey, it's time to retire because they changed the rules or whatever. So we ended up having a period where money was pretty tight. And so um, it really started changing my perspective. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to college. I don't know if I can afford to go to college. So I went to a local college, was never like a huge, crazy student, but red rich dad, poor dad, like probably everyone, and uh, decided, you know what, I'm not doing school anymore. I don't need this. So um, from that, I just I started a vending machine company after I was seeking passive income. Um, found out that it was actually quite more active, um, but did that for about five years. Um, and then my girlfriend's father is big at, at the time, now wife, um, is really big in the mortgage industry. And he said, you know, I think you might make a good loan officer. So he told me, uh, you know, I'm hungry, ready to make some money. I wanted, I'm like numbers, I like people. And so he introduced me into the, the loan side of the business, the mortgage side of the business. So I worked for a couple lenders in Charlotte then got to do consulting and training with his company. And then ultimately when COVID came, we went to fully Zoom, no more traveling, no more people interaction. And that was uh, like hell on earth for me. So decided that I wanted to do something different. I know the loan business. 
So started up my own brokerage and now we've got an office, one employee, and we're looking to continue to grow. That's awesome. Uh, and just for our listeners, I apologize if you hear a bunch of background noise because <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> dude, yeah. Missomania, <laughs> like it's super echoey in here. Um, Albert, you got such a cool story. I know we're only highlighting a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. So we're, uh, hopefully while we're still here, we'll get to do an episode later um, and dive into it a little bit more. But let's go into the expertise of the mortgage lending and yes. like uh, why why you feel you're an expert and some of the stuff that you feel can help out investors and, and some of the knowledge that you would like well, to bring yeah. to Misslemania. And one question. How old are you, Albert? I am 28 years old. Dang, man. Young <laughs> and Ada. I mean, the seed of entrepreneurship has really blossomed in your life. And that's what's really cool about the story is you went from someone, like you said, seeing your parents kind of struggle through pursuing their own businesses to saying something about that still like inspired you to go after it and that may have been the intro to rich dad poor dad i mean there's a million things that push us to do bigger things and you carried that torch into the point where now you own and run your own brokerage which is pretty phenomenal so like jake said we've got some questions about how you did it what's what are the tips and tricks about lending and uh, what can help all of our listeners? Yeah. And just actually one other question I just was thinking about, did the fear of, because you said you kind of grew up poor um, and that you and I've talked off the podcast a yeah. little bit, cause I told you I grew up pretty f- poor. Um, do you feel like that fear of being, whether it was a fear of being poor or just that example of your parents being poor motivated you to be like, I don't want that. Absolutely. So it wasn't, um, I never had like that fear, I guess, of, um, oh my gosh, what if this business fails? And, mm-hmm. you know, I just know you can make it work or, you know, if you decide that it's going to pan out in the right way or you make sacrifices, you can make it work. But absolutely. I thought about the times when, you know, my parents were struggling, they may have been fighting for money, you know, fighting about money, mm-hmm. things like that. And I remember multiple times being like, oh, I never want to have that. I never want to have that. Yeah. And then when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, it connected the dots. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I don't have to have that. That's awesome. A, a, a road. Yeah, you know, that's and, awesome. And a, a way to, to get there. You, I think there's two different types of role models in your life. There's those that are like the good example. And then there's those that are like the bad example. And they're both very powerful. And, and it's not that the bad examples are bad people. Because like my parents have been bad examples in multiple ways in my life. But, they're, but because they're a bad example of like what not to do. Like they've been such a great example. So I know not to do those things. So on the other side of that. Now my mom has had her business for 10 years and is very, very successful. Wow. So she's able, she was able to turn it around, yeah, but you know, incredible. they literally like, we're going to start this business on a credit card, you know? Yeah. And, um, that's yeah. scary. That's, that's crazy. That's awesome. And yeah. people that's, I love talking about this stuff on the podcast and I didn't want to go in this direction. <laughs> so we'll hop into the, the information in just a second. But I, I love when people like take the leap of faith because there's so many things that fear can inhibit us from doing and taking action. But action, I talk about this all the time, action trumps fear every time because that's exactly what faith is. It's the opposite of fear and action is part of faith. And so if you just take action, it's going to trump the fear, trump the unknown because you're going to learn as you go. And it's just things are going to start working in your favor because like Dan, you and I talk about all the time, like Mm -hmm. the universe is not out to get you. It wants to help you but you've got to do you your part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and action 100% is one of my favorite things that Winston Churchill ever said was action this day. And that always stuck with me because it's about showing up. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you didn't finish college. You don't have an Ivy league like uh, degree, but you own your own business and have employees, <laughs> right? And, and you went to a, a state or community college. Yes. And that's really the true story here is, 
you don't have to have all these quote unquote boxes checked to be successful that everyone thinks can be part of Harvard Business Review and all this crap. You have to be someone who shows up and takes action and be willing to like fall, right? Like falling it back up along the way. So where are you at now? You're in Florida. So I'm in Destin, Florida. Uh-huh. I've got the brokerage we just opened up downtown. So it's, you know, pretty office and all of this. And what's the name of the brokerage? Mortgage Apex. Mortgage Woo! Apex. Dope and name. And so, yeah, Mortgage we're, we're trying to get this thing going. <laughs> that missile <laughs> Yep, absolutely. We're trying to have a good time, trying to bring in, you know, other fresh, hungry people and uh, trying to really just attract uh, like-minded individuals. But um, getting into kind of what set me apart a little bit. Um, I think is really just a couple of things. One is I've always had an abundance mindset like you. I want to provide massive value to my customers, and I know that that will always come back. Mm -hmm. Massive value to my partners, and that will come back. And I really like people. So when I have a customer or a partner that I'm working with, realtor partner or a new client that's looking to apply for a mortgage, I want to learn about their life. Mm -hmm. And in being genuinely curious about their life, what are your goals? What do you want to do in 10 years? Some of these questions Mm -hmm. that we've been talking about. I started uncovering things. I say, oh, I really want to get an RV and like travel the country and I, I want to retire by the time I'm age 60. And these are the questions that most loan officers, it's just like, oh, do you want a 30 year mortgage? Here you go. Yeah. And they don't think about those things. Yeah. And then literally you have a 50 year old taking a 30 year mortgage. You're guaranteeing they're not going to retire yeah. by age 60. So you're it's able to like 70. tailor the solution to the person because yes. of getting to know their background, their story and their goals and what they want out of life. Absolutely. That's so awesome. we want to make sure that we're selecting the correct term. And then number two is just really taking the reins on saying I'm the expert and I'm going to hear all of the information, intake that, and then give you loan options that are going to really, really be life-changing truthfully. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of options here that are going to just sh- showcase what we do differently. Yeah. So this is very common. Somebody with good credit scores come along. They want to buy a $300,000 house. What are they going to do? Everyone's told them to put 20% down so they don't have to pay PMI. And so in that, they're gonna pay this loan down to 240,000 if it's a $300,000 purchase. That payment at five and an eighth as of this week, roughly, Mm -hmm. is about 1306, so $1,306. They're not gonna pay PMI, so that's gonna be their house payment, not including taxes and insurance. However, if you ask them, now that you saved up 20%, put this money down on this house, how much do you have left afterwards? And every time they're gonna be like, oh, that, that cleaned me out. You know, yeah. that's everything. Yeah. Okay, do you have any other debts? Almost everyone has a car loan. Mm-hmm. In this scenario, we're gonna say they have a $20,000 car loan for $450 a month. They probably have $10,000 in their credit cards because they've been trying so hard to save. So $350 a month there in minimum payments. Are they going to do home improvements when they move into the property? 100% yes. Everyone wants to do improvements Mm. to the property, whether they say so or not. So $10,000 over that first year to home improve the property. And um, those are all things that would be going onto a credit card. So what we do is say, okay, you could do that. Or you can put 5% down, have a loan amount of 285. Now, instead of putting 60 grand down on the house, you're putting 15,000. You're retaining an extra $45,000 in cash. So you can pay off that car loan, pay off the credit cards, have $10,000 set aside for home improvements that won't go onto a credit card and have an extra $5,000 in reserves for when and if things come up, like the AC unit goes out, the roof you know, has to be replaced later on down the road, you're ready for it. Again, it doesn't have to go on that credit card. So in doing so, if they're going to be paying $1,306 a month with 20% down and have a 450 car loan, a 350 minimum payment on a credit card, not even including the new home improvements they're going to do, that's 
$800 to $1,100 a month on average. So $800 a month in this scenario. So $1,306 plus $800, they're spending $2,106 per month if they put the 20% down. If they put the 5% down, their payment does go up to $1,529 plus $45 in PMI. PMI is credit dependent. A lot of people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. So if you have good credit scores, your PMI is going to be super cheap. They're all in payments $1,574. Compare that to the $2,106 that would be their all in for all of their debts. And they're saving $532 a month by retaining that down payment and doing 5% down instead of 20. And they're putting that money aside for home improvements. They're going to get them done just cash. And then they're going to have money set aside, ready to go for reserves. And if they take that $532 per month that they're saving every month and they put it right back into the mortgage, if they want to get out of debt fast, they'll pay it off in 17 years and three months. Yeah. You that's awesome. That, that, Apex mortgage. <laughs> yeah. That was really a great run through because you described it 100% of a really realistic example of someone who's going to walk through the door looking for a mortgage most of the time. The debt ratio, the, their thought on what they can afford versus what they should pay down, having to come up with 20 grand up front, all the, the behavior that would lead a buyer to walk in your door with that scenario. I've seen it actually a hundred times. I actually yes. used to be a mortgage broker, funny enough. Really? Back, yeah, right before 2008. Dang, he's always surprises you. Anyway, so I, one, I love that you walked us through a very real example. And like you said, you have different layers to what that would look like depending on credit score or whatever. Yes. What I heard the most is I listen to what they want first. I understand who they are as people. So the products I have, I can, what, what we call in, you know, like leasing when I was in that, like in sales is value selling. I'm connecting value with your wants, not just pushing you on a product that benefits me as a business owner or a mortgage broker. I walk out of there feeling so happy and relieved because one, what I just learned and you taking care of me, how many people I'm going to be like, you need to go and see Albert if you're looking at buying a house. And that's exactly what's happened. So I have not bought a single lead for my company. Wow. It's been 100% word of mouth referral business. Yeah. And truthfully, when you do this, it's life changing enough to where like there's ripple effects. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Agree. And what you put out is going to always come back in. I mean, karma is a real thing. There seems to be such a disconnect between like banks and the consumer and the education that's out there. And it seems to me, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, uh, that the banks do not want the consumer to be that educated on how loans work so that they can make more money. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, because the banks are getting them on the credit cards. They're getting them on the car loan. They know they're getting them in you know, several different ways. Um, the nice thing about being a broker is that we're not really connected to any one institution. Mm -hmm. So we can truth, truthfully look out for the best interests of the client. And when you juxtapose that to the big banks that are literally just like almost fully self-serve, mm -hmm. you know, you go in there and you fill out the application yourself and the c customers in the driver's seat saying, okay, I want a 30 year, I want to do 20% down. There's no advisor looking yeah. over their situation and saying, Hey, maybe we should do this. You know, hey, if you want to retire, maybe we need to look at a 20-year mortgage instead of a 30. And I would, I would wow. go to say that most people probably don't understand how loans work or any of that stuff look, works because we're not taught that in schools. We're not taught that in the education right. system. Right. So it's probably awesome to have somebody like you that listens to the client and then is like, hey, well, here's your options. Let me educate you about them and why yeah. this one might be the best vehicle for you. When you connect it to what they want for themselves, you're like, you actually might not want this program like this product might be better for you or this loan option because if your goal is to ultimately retire have this or pay down debt 
here's how we're going to make that work for you. And you're not some financial advisor. You, you go in trying to get a mortgage and you get sound financial advice and a relationship. I mean, people like you deserve to be in business, Albert, and I fully support like your mission to connect the people that you're serving because your customers are who you're serving at the end of the day. And people forget that. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they're the reason we're in business. And so you really being someone that they can trust is going to take you farther than possibly anything else. You haven't paid for a single lead blows my mind. And you own a company that you have employees. Usually marketing is a big push of that budget, right? 15% I think is on average. And you're like, I don't pay for leads. I build relationships. That's a very powerful thing that you do. And the selfish kicker there is it makes my job way more fun yeah. because now I'm hanging out with all my friends. You know, right. when I'm when I'm working, I'm working with my clients that I have gotten to know and gotten to really like. Yeah. yeah. It makes the job so much more fun than if I was just pushing paper all. Right. Time. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. In fine in closing words, is there uh, anything else you would like to highlight and then can, maybe can you tell us like what you feel like has led to your success this far, thus far and why you feel like maybe you were invited to such an awesome event like <laughs> Missilemania. Uh, yeah. With all these high caliber, um, you know, uh, real estate investors. Well, truthfully, um, I'm super honored to be here. I do very much feel like the small fish in the pond. Um, I think I'm the youngest guy here, so I'm trying to learn from everybody's wisdom and, and uh, everything that you guys are doing. Um, I think truthfully what's contributed to my success is the relationships, um, is my desire to, be, to get to know people and have conversations like this, um, which I really truly enjoy. And then... Um, number two, how I actually got here is kind of funny. So Dean put together this ski resort trip where we all and we'll have Dean on the podcast. Yes. I destroy <laughs> He put this together and he brought us together. But Dean and I actually became friends because I sold him my Miata, oh, and wow. we had to, I had a loan on it at the time, so we had to for whatever reason the credit union drive back and forth like four times to finally get all of it sorted out. And so in those drives back and forth from the base car lot to the the federal credit yeah. union. We got to know each other and we're like, dude, we have so much in common. That's so awesome. we both bought our first house right around the same time. Neither of us with real estate investor mindset. And then fast forward, um, he reached out to me when I got into the mortgage business and he was like, dude, I'm doing this real estate. And then I started getting into it at the same time. So it was just was funny how he had moved away, but we still stayed connected. And then, um, you know, we just keep up with each other. We check in, have that accountability. And uh, that's literally how I met him, was through selling him my car. That's awesome. <laughs> it's because it, it really pays tribute to that you build relationships. It doesn't matter if you're selling your car or whether you're selling a mortgage, you actually connect with people. I think that is pretty remarkable. Again, I, I think too few people focus on the connection of you and the client, customer, guest, or whatever industry you're in. And that relationship is the most fundamental and sacred relationship we have as business owners. So. Albert the X-Man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks cool. for coming on, man. This was awesome. I know it was a short segment, but uh, we'll definitely get you on and maybe hear more of your story, whether it's why we're here at Missilemania oh, yeah. <laughs> or in the future, and man. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I uh, love chatting and learning a little bit more about all you guys. And like I said, learning from everybody. Learning mindset is huge. Yeah. So glad we're all here to learn yeah, from each other. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next guest. That's right. All right. For our next guest, we've got Charlie Cameron on. Missilemania <laughs> 2022. Nukem Fire Round. That's uh, right. Or better known as Charlie the Commander of Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Charlie, tell us a little bit of like just a brief uh, synopsis about yourself, uh, like why you were invited to uh, 
I almost well, said who you are. I almost said <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania. Who? Yeah, who you are? Why you were invited to WrestleMania? And like, kind of what your expertise is, and then we'll just kind of start asking you some questions. Okay, let's go. Um, Air Force, eleven years, engineer. Did a bunch of nerd stuff for the Air Force. Uh, loved that to some extent, and then um, kind of decided to take a whole life change a few years ago. Started investing in value-add multifamily, just what I could buy myself. Scaled with a couple partners. Um, took a huge left turn when I met uh, Dave Prey in the war room and uh, kind of started getting that network together. Um, and we'll have him on the podcast too. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You got it. Um, and so after that, I kind of changed life direction, sold all my long-term rentals, bought just a handful of short-term rentals, self-manage all of them from afar. Um, and now I'm leaving the Air Force. Um, Two days ago was my last day, so yeah, I have to, to just uh, do short-term rental game and, and sell houses and build a team and just kind of work on multiple facets of, of real estate all the time. So that That's stoked. awesome. And that's yeah. quite a bit to unpack. And one of the things that really stuck out to me about what you're saying is during your term in service, you were thinking of ways to set yourself up for what was next, which a lot of guys don't think that far ahead. They might say, I'm going to pull the 20. Well, you get 11 years in and you said, hey, that might not be realistic for me anymore. For whatever reason, you decide to move in a new direction. You had set yourself up to be able to make a decision like that, right, at that level, and then walk into something that could really sustain you full time indefinitely. So one, I want to applaud that. And uh, two, I thought it was really cool that you said, long term's not working for me anymore. I'm going to be strategic, sell off my long term, which is scary for a lot of people, and I'm going to full dive like into short term rentals. And which sounds like it's been pretty lucrative for it's, you. It's it's been a great turn, um, but I want to I want to touch on one thing you said yeah. there. Every guy or gal I know who's retired from the Air Force after 20 years or retired from the military goes back and works for another 20 years. Wow. Not a, not a single one actually retires, and sure. so that really didn't fit well with me. Mm-hmm. So my plan originally was, well, I'm just going to invest in real estate, invest in real estate. We're going to do some long-term rentals, and I'll replace the active duty portion of my income Mm -hmm. at retirement. Um, But I kind of realized that, hey, there might actually be some changes we could make here and we could do this nine years faster. Wow. Um, So that's- That's that's awesome. A lot faster. And and you, while active duty, also had your real estate license and were selling real estate on the side. real estate on the side, yeah. Dude, I think everybody should have a side hustle. So that's awesome that you were doing that. Absolutely, they should. So what ultimately got you into real estate investing? Like what triggered that? Um, I was at a bar with a buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's how every every story starts. You know, I was big into index fund investing, right? Yeah, (laughs) you know, you start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was like, hey, I thought about real estate. And I was like, man, I'm not not gonna fix any goddamn toilets. Like, that's stupid. You know, and then he's like, read this one article. And I talked about for-profit centers of real estate. Still remember all of it, like, and uh, I was just, I just kept reading and rereading and rereading and then I found bigger pockets and then it was a spiral of eight months right into the uh-huh. rabbit hole yeah came emerged and bought eight apartments I was like I'm after eight months of going down this rabbit hole down the rabbit hole came back said we're gonna buy as much as we can time to execute yeah that's and, awesome and one fell swoop what what I love about this is like some people they'll have the thought right 
and they might start doing the research so they're taking the action, but they do it for so long that they get into analysis process and never take action. So I did it for like, I think like two years and finally got my property, but you did it in, it sounds like eight months and finally we're like, yeah, I'm doing it, we're pulling the trigger. Some people just don't even, yeah. some people don't even do the research, but, yeah. but some people get stuck in that analysis process. How were you able to overcome that fear and just like, I'm doing take it. action. You know, it was, the, the first network building in real estate that helped me do that. I, there was an awesome, awesome meetup mm -hmm. in Dayton. Um, and so I went there and I met the guy running the show and I met an agent and I started network with people and I just kind of overcame the fear by, by proximity. Right? Yeah. Just yeah. knowing people and seeing that they were able to do things. It's like, you know, I could probably figure this out. Yeah. The right deal came along. I mean, it was under $300 a door rent. This place hadn't been raised in a decade. And, uh, it actually, I'd actually already seen it, and uh, somebody put it under contract, and I was like, oh, dang, like, you and I probably could have figured that out, and so um, we were at the hospital. My daughter was, uh, my, my wife was in labor with my daughter. Oh, um, life-changing uh, moment there. Yeah, life-changing moment. <laughs> uh, my, my daughter Riley was born, and awesome, awesome time, and, you know, finally everybody's kind of asleep, uh, and uh, the email comes in, hey, this, this popped back up. Do you want to put an offer? And I was like, yes, I want to. So I'm like stepping out of the room, putting an offer in right there. And like, <laughs> She's like going through labor. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, I'll be right back. I brought my daughter to closing. Like it's just, it's, it's been a family affair ever since. Oh, so it's kind of You cool. said um, by being proximity to certain people that it like got you thinking about these things. I think it's so important for people, if you want to be edified to higher ground, you've got to start hanging out with people that either are on the trajectory of where you want to be or already have the stuff that you want because they'll pull you to higher ground. And a lot of people are not doing this networking and meeting these other people. They're staying with their same high school friends doing the same bull crap. And uh, you're going to be the average of the five people that you hang out with. So if you're going to be Absolutely. like, look at, look, look at yourself and look who you're hanging out with the most. That's your life. And look what that choice has led you to. You're at a missile silo at a real estate <laughs> yeah, investor right. conference. Like, and we're like eight stories underground, which is pretty wild. <laughs> but you're 100% you're right, Jake. Like, and you'll notice that people take special interest in you as they see you kind of grow as a person. People who've done really well love giving back. So they'll be like, tell me about yourself. And wow, that's kind of cool you're in that. Hey, have you thought about this outside of index funds? So someone saw something and shared a new opportunity with you, but you were sharp enough to, to look at that and be like, hey, there's something to this. I'm gonna do a little bit of research, but when you were ready, you were like executioner, right? So we should call you Charlie the Executioner. <laughs> what, what would you say are some simple tactics or advice you would give somebody wanting to get into real estate and how they should get started? Join a network, find a network, join it, be a part of it, educate yourself as much as you can. There's, there's no need to pay for, I mean, I'm. There are good masterminds. There are good programs out there you can pay for. I don't believe you need to, though. Yeah. But if you've got the time to hustle, you should just do the education. It's out there. Plenty of great groups, plenty of great people you can meet. Um, then you need to come up with what your one thing is. Yeah. Right? You, what's your goal? Break that down into how do I get to that goal, mm -hmm. right? What's the first step I need to take? And then you need to prioritize the most important task, not the easiest task. Mm-hmm. What is the most important task you need to be working to get that deal done? Yeah. And just attack it, attack it, attack it until you're there. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. That, well, that's okay. great. No, I was just going to say that's great advice. Well, off camera, I guess not camera, off mic, whatever you call it, when we're not on the podcast. When we're not on the podcast. <laughs> off, off mic. Right, off mic. We were uh, out with Charlie and... 
Jake, you know, he loves asking questions about people getting to know, and he said, what do you guys do for fun? And everyone went around the table, and there was, like, fishing, there was car guy, you know, <laughs> that was Albert the Axe Man. And uh, we get to Charlie, and what I love that he said is, I'm having the most fun with my kids. And I, that just, that answer was so, like, one, it was just so, so cool to hear you say that because we're at a real estate successful conference, but you're like, With man, a bunch of manly right? dudes that are like, yeah, let's blow crap up and make a ton right. of money. Like, I find value in spending time with my family. And that touched me because I have an awesome relationship with my son. And I just thought, like, all of the things that pushed you into action, are. it sounds like the family was at the core of that. And if you don't mind kind of sharing with us, you know, a little bit about you on that personal level that would be really cool yeah yeah being a dad was kind of the coolest thing that's ever happened to me right like you don't know what you're getting into when the baby's born and you're not sleeping for a few days or months or a year yeah but um man it's just just totally life-changing in in ways you can't even understand till they're your best buddy running around with you in star wars world right yeah and loving every second of it um so one of my big goals was hey i want to be able to exit the military once i kind of realized hey this is this might actually work out for me. I'm, I'm generating enough income here, there, and wherever from real estate that, that I could do this. Yeah. And I could supplement here and there with other real estate activities. Um, it's like, all right, I want to be out. I want to walk my daughter to kindergarten. We're close enough to the, the elementary school. And sure enough, next week is when she starts kindergarten. And I'm going to be able to do that. And it's just wow. that's I, I'm awesome. Just, that's I, I'm so what's, what's really cool, too, is like you had that thought. So you, cr- you manifested that spiritually first. And now it's going to be a reality so that's super cool i don't think we talk about that enough too is like just having the thoughts and then making them a reality so that's super cool i have this quote on my wall from art of racing in the rain um it's Mm. uh it's a book where it takes the dog's point of view Mm. um and his owner is a race car driver and there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in their life a lot of bad stuff and how they overcome it but one of the things he says in that book is hey your your car goes where your eyes go right you you manifest what's in front of you, right? So, yeah, actually talking on that point, if you think about like when you want to buy a certain vehicle, let's say it's a Toyota Tacoma, dude, that's all you see on the streets is a Toyota Tacoma because that's what you're focusing on. So that's why I think everybody should have goals that they either, whether they write down daily, they look at daily or a vision board of what they want to accomplish and look at it daily. Because if you keep your focus on that, it's going to propel you to manifest those things. And the, whether you're spiritual and you believe in God, Jesus Christ, or the universe or whatever, like whatever that higher power is, it's going to work for you, not against you, and help you get the thing that you, you're focusing yeah, on. Your manifest destiny almost Yeah. In, in its truest form. And one thing I thought that was cool is that you said, I get to walk my daughter to school. Because we live in a world that's all about hustle and bustle and we don't take the time to think, how do I own my own future? How do I create a life that I want? I mean, the military is very demanding. It owns your time. Oh, yeah. You were able to step out of that, create a, an investment career that you as a father, and I know for myself, and probably 99% of dads out there who can't do that are envious that that's your reality, right? <clears throat> You'll be able to be there for her dance recital, piano lessons, your son growing up games, all the things we missed to be successful and take care of our families, you've been able to serve your country and you're serving your family. And I think that's the, the most incredible, uh, what do you call that, outcome or result of real estate investing. Mm-hmm. It provides the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's Dana, I think it's pretty simple, man. You only get one chance. 
Yeah. Right? We only get one shot at this entire life thing, right? Mm-hmm. This whole living this human life. So to me, it's what do I want to look back and, and see that I did? Hey, I spent more time here. Yeah. Like I, I can always wait and do another deal later. Yeah. You know, yeah. they can go off to high school and, and then they can go off to college and I can, I can still get back into yeah. it and do stuff, you know, but yeah. right now it's very important to me. You can always make more money. Time. You can always That's make right. more money. Dane's, right. Dane's really taught me. Uh, he's been a great mentor for me, but like I've chased the wealth so much now. Now I'm like reevaluating my life and I'm like, you know what? Uh, relationships, spirituality, and health are probably the most important things for me to really focus on. And, uh, and I knew that, but like sometimes having somebody like, you know, like you guys talking about this stuff and being aware of it, it really helps. Well, nothing will make you happier than when your family's right. Mm-hmm. And, and there's like uh, unity in the home and you have a strong bond. And you know, uh, one, I just love meeting more and more people who are refocusing on the family, on the home, because it's under attack. In, in the world we live in today. Mm-hmm. And there isn't a balance. It's a, it's a power shift away. It's taking the power out of the family and the family unit. And that, you know, really scares me for, for a lot of reasons. But uh, like in this, you know, circle here, everyone here seems to have the fundamentals of goodness, of family, of giving back. And it gives me hope for the future, right? And what we're all doing, not just about making money. Because at the end of the day, I don't want my kids to be like, Oh, when I pass away. Yeah, my dad was really wealthy. He did really well. I want them to say, my dad was there. Yeah. Because they won't, they won't remember that other stuff. They, or care. speak more no. than anything. Yeah. My dad yeah. was there. Yeah. What an awesome thing. Charlie, I love that. So, Charlie, what, what do you feel like has led to your success? And what is, like, one principle you feel like you strive to live your life by? Man, that's, that's uh, tough to unpack here in just a few <laughs> seconds. But... Um, you know, I don't have a lot of books that I would say are life-changing or, you know, specific people. A lot of people have impacted me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. For me, the, the reason I was able to, I think, be so successful while being active duty, while having kids, while my wife was active duty too, um, really came down to, after I read the one thing, I kind of figured out how to prioritize. I used to be a list maker. I would just... I would write things on the list to mm-hmm. check them off for that yeah. little endorphin rush, yeah. right? And I was checking, checking off all the wrong things. I was doing the easy things and not yeah. the smart things. Mm-hmm. Things that made that made it made everything else irrelevant mm-hmm. or unnecessary, or uh, you know, allowed me to just accomplish more, leverage more. Kept you busy. Yeah, I was doing busy work instead of the important work. So that that has really helped me do a lot outside of um, outside of work. Mm-hmm. But you know. Really excited for what the future holds now, being able to give a little bit more time back to the family because I've been working. When they go to bed, I get back to work. I yeah. get up in the morning, I work, right? Yeah. Like yeah. now I'll be able to be at more bedtimes and, and kind of be more present, present. which would be great. Yeah. Um, I forget the other part of the question. Oh, well, like what's, what's a, and I think you may have even covered it in there and yeah. just what you just said, but what's one principle you strive to live your life by? And I, I would just, guess to say it would probably be being more present but i'd be curious to hear what you say i'm not perfect i will say i have distracted a lot we were talking about this earlier Mm -hmm. like it's so easy to be too connected Mm -hmm. to everything that i have a hard time shutting off so that that would be my biggest welcome to entrepreneurship (laughs) and and we are terrible at multitasking humans no matter how much they say they're good at it we're not a computer i like to shut the doors the windows i'm cooking an egg you know, I know a distraction. Yeah. My wife makes fun of me all the time. She's like, you're a terrible multitasker. <laughs> and, and we try to do that with our family and work. 
yeah. and it usually doesn't work out very well. It's not healthy. And I mean, one thing again that impresses me about you, Charlie, and I, I just observe and I watch people. You're super smart, and you're probably the most soft-spoken at this whole conference. <laughs> but you have an unsaid, uh, like an unspoken wisdom. And so, for you to share, kind of like what inspires you and motivates you to get up every day. Uh, and keep you going and the source of that is your family that's really what yeah i would agree with dan you definitely have a good nature vibe that you could just like feel so that's cool crazy guys here at (laughs) 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 missilemania well thanks for coming on man i what what i'd like to do i've been telling everybody this is um i want to do a long longer segment with you whether we do it during the missilemania event or like connect afterwards definitely want to get you on and like dive in a little bit deeper well, guys, it was great to even have met you. I mean, I yeah. feel like we're best friends, and we've been in this this silo together yeah. for, for <laughs> like 36 what, hours. One night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. awesome. It's um, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Thank I appreciate you. it. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, the next guest on the Missile Minium Nukem Fire Round <laughs> is Alex Schlow. Or Alex the Schlominator. <laughs> He's a doctor in the Air Force. Uh, and a real estate investor. Uh, just a swell guy. Just super nice, super, n- super nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Happy to be here. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you got invited to the Missile Mania event. Uh, what's your kind of your expertise or like um, the things that you've got going on? And then we'll kind of fire, fire away with some other questions. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate being here. Uh, I uh, got invited to the Missile Mania Mastermind Weekend, I think we're calling it. Uh, by Dean. Uh, he threw the uh, original event uh, back in Breckenridge Ski Retreat last year, which is a great time. Uh, awesome opportunity to, uh, to meet with uh, folks like Dave and Hugh and uh, learn a lot about different avenues of real estate investing and uh, really uh, time that I took to reflect and, and see that I was kind of limiting my capabilities and what I could achieve. Just by being a, a traditional W-2 employee, you mean? Exactly. You're taking the route yeah. of the career-minded person as opposed to the entrepreneur journey. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Seeing kind of where I'm limited myself by W-2 job, which, again, very proud of the opportunity to take care of uh, our active duty personnel and dependents and families. It's a, it's a great great job uh, and a great opportunity. A lot but of physicals. A lot, <laughs> lot of physicals. And That's the best things, part. <laughs> yeah, it's some things I can't say on this podcast. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. very slow with the feet. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. yeah, the views are my own and do not reflect the views of the United States Air Force. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but yeah, so just uh, a great opportunity uh, uh, with that mastermind and definitely jumped uh, at the chance to get to come to Missile Silo and hang out with you yeah. guys. So, awesome. Uh, it's been an awesome time. I, I would say just already, just because you went the avenue of a doctor, you definitely have a high caliber mind. What do you think has helped transition you to getting into real estate? What was it that got you into real estate? Um, and How do you find the energy to be a doctor and think about real estate investing, yeah. right? I mean, I think real estate is probably my big hobby, so I just really enjoy it. Uh, and having that opportunity out to think of something outside of medicine and better myself and better opportunities for my family has been the big thing. Uh, growing up, my family didn't have a lot of money and I wouldn't say they were scraping by, but it was close. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I never wanted that to be something that my family now would have to worry about. And so the doctor gig's not bad, uh, but being able to supplement that with real estate income has been awesome as well. 
Uh. I want to just say this too, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions with a lot of people like, oh, because you're a doctor, you make a crap ton of money. No, <laughs> dude, you've got <laughs> yeah. you've got debt. You're taxed at a higher bracket. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things yeah, that liability insurance is sure. super high. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. by the time it's all said and done, you might be a you know a pretty good decent W two salary. You know, not like yeah. oh yeah, I'm making yeah, over. You're not just rolling in the dough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And to reiterate, family medicine doctor in the Air Force, so definitely yeah. not rolling yeah. in the dough yeah. by any means. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in but, fact, making no dough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. doing my time. Yeah, just rolling <laughs> the dough, but not, not making it. But uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, gr- no, great opportunity to to really impact families and communities. I mean, that's why I did it, having the opportunity to take care of folks from the womb to the tomb, we mm-hmm. like to say. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about generational wealth, but getting an opportunity to take care of the generations and, and healthcare and medicine is really cool aspect of family medicine. So what so. was it or who was it that introduced you to real estate? What did that, how did that play out? Always, always been interested in real estate. I think, um, my dad actually put the idea in my mind when I was in med school. I was attending med school in Richmond, Virginia, and he was like, hey, you should buy a duplex, fix it up while you're there, uh, and sell it uh, when you leave, which I, I didn't do. And I definitely regret med school was a busy time, and there were some other life things going on, and I, I didn't. I just paid rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understood that missed opportunity after, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of spurred me on to real estate. Always had an interest in real estate as a whole, and and the opportunity to build a business. And so I uh, knew that once I got out of med school and went to residency, that that's what I was going to do, especially being in the military. So uh, ended up buying a place in Eglin that my, my wife and I fixed up and, and now rent out. And, and, and that kind of started the spark. And then, of course, the, the purple book. Yeah, yes, talks about Robert Kiyosaki. <laughs> Poor dad read that. And that really was a good mindset shift. So you're a military well. man, your family man. Yeah. And you're an active real estate investor. Any other business ventures that on top of that? Yeah, I'd say I'm a family man, military man, then active real estate investor. But uh, uh, no, not right now. My wife owns her own business. She owns a photography company. uh, Does a lot of weddings, uh, engagements, and and so forth. Family portraits. Uh, Looking for some more business opportunities. But right now, uh, the the full time job and then real estate keeps me keeps me. Just out of I was just gonna say, just out of curiosity, uh, not to say that the military is a bad thing at all. or maybe it's a really good thing. If you were to go back and do it all over again, would you still have gone the doctor route and would you have gone the military route or knowing what you know now would it be completely different? Uh, I, that's a hard question. I, uh, I'm, I think healthcare in America has a lot of opportunity to change for the better. Uh, and I, without going too deep into the rabbit hole, I think that we don't really value providers and healthcare how we should. Uh, and it makes the job really difficult for providers. Uh, we were talking last night, one mm. in five providers have quit since the pandemic. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And, and so I say, you know, I think situationally, sometimes I think I, would, I wouldn't do this again. You know, I'd probably just focus on real estate. And I think if I put all the time I put into becoming a doctor into real estate, it'd probably be just as successful, yeah. if not more. However, you know, there's there's moments throughout the day that I, I, I'm always reminded, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Uh, and so probably wouldn't do anything any differently always wanted to be in the military multiple family members who served and loved the opportunity to take care of our folks in uniform and so Mm. i I would definitely still do that if i was going to be in medicine uh but medicine as a whole would is a difficult place to be in right now yeah yeah Yeah, well and and i I know quite a few doctors and my wife was an active duty nurse in the navy and the time commitment is substantial and so at the end of the day I, i always like to ask people in this specific 
branch or, or uh, military class, again, in the, the medical side, where do you find the time and the energy to run a real estate business or be a real estate investor on top of you having to you know, juggle your responsibilities as, as a healthcare professional, as a provider? And, yeah. and, a, and a father and a husband. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Father, husband, most important to me. Uh, I think really finding the time has been uh, being surrounded by like minded individuals, have a great, great partnerships with a couple of folks. And, and we all work really well together. One of them's here, Charlie Cameron today. And, and he's been really a amazing, uh, amazing guy who has really just sparked a lot of, of thought and also a lot of growth in, in me and, and really just makes everyone better that uh, he's around. So having those folks in your corner has been really helpful. Sharing the load, we all know in our group what, what we're uh, passionate about and what we're really good at and having that opportunity has been great. And then my wife, she also now has a real estate bug and so that's helpful too uh, with time. But it's, it's really just making the time to do it, you know, um, yeah. getting up early, staying up late, kind and, of working. And there. I just want to kind of highlight this, too, because we lo- often bring up real estate as the vehicle for the things that we, I think, are trying to pursue. Um, so, but it's not all about real estate. It's about what real estate can lead to, uh, which is a lot of times for most of us, it's the freedom, mm-hmm. the flexibility uh, to be able to make choices. Safety net. Yeah. Safety net. Yeah. Uh, to be able to focus on the things that are most important to us because we have these vehicles that are uh, supporting our lifestyle. Right. Um, but it's not necessarily like, I mean, real estate is still fun yeah. and stuff. And we, that's why we highlight it a lot. But it, it's, it's really about what it can what it can do for you. So my question is, what asset class are you really drawn to now that you've been in the realm of real estate and you're around real estate professionals? We're at a conference Mm -hmm. underground talking about real estate. Missile mania. What really do you find yourself most drawn to in in all things that is under the real estate umbrella? I think I have a little bit of shiny object syndrome, so that's a good question. Right now, we've been focusing on short-term rentals, uh, and we really enjoy that. Again, my my wife's a photographer, very creative, uh, really good at interior design, so that's been really fun to bring her into the picture, and she likes that a lot more than long-term rentals and so forth. Long-term goal, I think probably using short-term rentals to to fuel buying apartments, multifamily commercial properties would probably be the big goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you still have, um, as you guys know, involvement with tenants can be uh, difficult long-term, but also short-term rentals, you have the same thing, lots of problems that come up from time to time. So ideally, over time, as we continue to grow and scale, I'd like to kind of be less involved with day-to-day management of tenants. What Um, what advice would you give somebody that's like, yeah, you know, uh, I would like to do these things, but I can't because of this, this, or this, or, uh, oh, that's too risky, or, oh, I'm not cut out for real estate, or oh, I'm not smart enough, or, or whatever the excuse yeah. is. What would you say to those kind of people? Uh, or if they wanted to get started in real estate, what would that advice be? Yeah. I mean, I think first is just take action, right? I mean, that, I, I spun the wheel for a long time before I uh, took action, and I think there's certainly an aspect of fear to that and, and surrounding yourself with people who have done it before and finding a network of folks or a mastermind of folks that uh, will will inspire you to be better and alleviate some of those fears have been really helpful for me. So big thing, yeah, finding the right people uh, and, and taking action, I think, yeah. is, is what it's all about. Awesome. What was your biggest obstacle or challenge when you went for it? Like what almost derailed you in a way? I think financial. I mean, you know, buying a property or buying a house, is it does take cash. And it takes a, a significant down payment. I think that was the biggest obstacle for us was, okay, are we okay with the possibility of losing this money? You know, and, and again, 
running your numbers and uh, being sound on what your goals are is helpful for that and mitigating that risk. But I think that getting over that hurdle was, was the big thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I think we're running out of, no, we still got plenty of time. Cool. Um, <laughs> we got, we got plenty of time. Uh, how many, how many properties do you have right now? And of course, as we already know you're mainly focusing on Airbnbs. How many properties do you have right now? Um, and maybe you can give us, us an idea of like, you know, how much, uh, you're able to put in your pocket. Yeah. Uh, so we have three short-term rentals right now, two in Colorado, one in Georgia. We have a long-term rental, a uh, single-family house in Florida where we're stationed back at Eglin. Uh, so yeah, right now sitting at, at four doors. Uh, should should put in with the short-term rentals in the long-term about 3000 this month in cash flow. The basement is what we're also using as one of our Airbnbs that we house at. So we're actually living for free in Colorado Springs, which is pretty awesome. So all, all said and done, probably about five, five and a half thousand a month. That's awesome. Four doors. That's uh, awesome. Which is, which is awesome with partners. So that's awesome. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. What, what has been one of the biggest like uh, paradigm shifts you've had to make or you did make um, to be able to have the success that you're having so far? I think mindset, uh, and, and I still struggle with it all the time, is, is just my limiting beliefs of what I can achieve while still working a more than full-time job. And uh, I think, you know, again, being at events like this in a missile silo right now <laughs> with a, a bunch of awesome guys, you know, you really see what you can achieve if you just set your mind to it and, and limit those limiting beliefs. So that's that's kind of what I've been focused on and working on. Well, and one thing that's pretty remarkable, if you take the quote unquote net worth of everyone here at this, um, you know, event, we're well over probably 20 million bucks, mm -hmm. which is, you know, a, a pretty good group that yeah. comes for an event like this. And I see, I, I foresee us being easily hitting the hundred million and, and beyond as these years progress in yeah. some of these events. So do you ever feel like when you showed up to this, you were a small fish or you weren't on the same playing field as some of the guys that might be at the first Breckenridge or here at this silo? Definitely a small fish uh, in a big pond. Uh, but I think the cool thing, too, to think about is, is, is also the experiences that we all have. I mean, uh, yeah, I might not have as many doors, but I have different experience as a, as a doc in the Air Force. And uh, I think that's the cool thing is we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different businesses on top of real estate uh, to, to fall back on. But, yeah, definitely. I mean, I hope to always feel like the small fish because yeah. I think right. that's, where yeah. you get, you know, that's where you learn the most and, and stay humble in that regard. So. so. Besides Marty Tyler, which we had to ask to leave, <laughs> has everyone been pretty gracious and humble and, yeah. you know, like having a good time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Welcoming. Yeah. Welcoming. Yeah. A welcoming group from the beginning. Got in late last night. You guys welcomed me with open arms. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've known you guys for a long time now. And it's yeah. only been, what, I don't know, 14, 15 hours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, looking forward to more time. Group, <laughs> you you better learn to love yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. What is time down here? I don't, yeah. I don't know. But it does. It creates yeah. a special bond. We talked about it last night with Albert, our first guest that we had in the beginning of the fire round. And it's like, wow, we feel like a lot closer to people at this event than we do with some of our peers we've worked with for a year or yeah. years or people that we associate with even in church or wherever you mm -hmm. come from, whatever your background is. Right. And so I, I think these events have a powerful, it's a powerful tool to truly network, but also bond as groups. Yeah. And uh, the, the turnout's been fabulous. I mean, the value added just in the brotherhood and the camaraderie alone for mm -hmm. me made it worth the, this entire weekend. Yeah, On absolutely. Top of all the, the strategy and mm -hmm. the, the hackathons we've been doing and the great stuff like that. I want to close in uh, one really uh, kind of in-depth question. 
Is there um, a piece of advice or a principle or a moral code that you strive to live your life by that you feel like plays a big role in the way you conduct yourself and live your life? Because I, I sense I sense one from you just from being around you, but I'm just curious yeah. to see what you would say. Oh man, I'd be interested to hear what yours yours is. I think, uh, I, I mean, uh, definitely a Christian man, and I think that uh, you know Christ always strives or strove, I guess, to be gentle and lowly at heart, you mm-hmm. know, and and serve others before Himself. And I, I think that's something I try and keep in mind throughout, you know, with patient care and business, you know, trying to put myself in, in other people's shoes, which is hard to do. And so that, that's kind of what I tend to focus on and strive for. Yeah. Not always great at it, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly the vibe I get off with you is just the kindness and, and wanting to be, the po- yeah, the humility, the, the politeness, the kindness and appreciate it. Uh, yeah. The, you're Christian. So the Christ-like, yeah. uh, kindness, niceness. Yeah. Well, and I've noticed that's a a very similar theme. Everyone here, I feel, really lives their values Mm -hmm. and their principles. We may all come from different belief systems or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I I immediately recognize that every member of this conference are people who live by what they say and what they believe in. And Mm -hmm. it's been pretty incredible to to experience that. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, Alex, thanks for coming on. Alex, Alex, the... uh, We're we're, going to kind of switch up. Uh, I kind of liked the... uh, the sh- how, Alex, the showmanator, no, the shlominator. Oh, oh. The shlohammer. The shlohammer. Hey, you guys can call me whatever you want. Thanks for the opportunity, though. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks again. Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast, discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell.